Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at ivypod.com. We are Ivy Pod on Facebook, Ivy Podcast on Twitter, and mail at ivypod is our email. Oh, and we're on Google Plus again. Uh, let's begin. Episode 57 of the Ivy Alternative Podcast. Hello, Clayton. Hi, John. Thanks for helping me out there. I just couldn't get it going with the intro. Wow, wow, welcome. That's all it took <laughs> was a wacky welcome, and John's all in. I'm in. Yes. I had to hold it in not to start laughing. He almost gave me the giggles. Mm-hmm. We got a good sponsor this week, John. We do? Yes, Music Machine. Once again, Ooh. this week we are sponsored by the musical powerhouse, The Music Machine, out of lovely LaSalle, Illinois. Music at an event is important. You've been to a wedding where there was no one dancing. Without the right mix of music, an event can really go sour. Uh, so we recommend the Music Machine. They have been a top DJ service in the Illinois Valley for 23 years. Uh, we're trying to get the word out. Their fall schedule is filling up. So for a wedding or any event, uh, you can go to their website. Check them out. It's mmdjpros.com. They have actually a date reservation calendar on their website, so if you have a date that you you could use a DJ service, you can go to their website and see if they're booked or not. And and if they're not booked, recommend calling them at uh, 223-6635. Of course, that's in the 815 area code. So Music Machine, look them up. Get in while the getting's good. Yeah, like you said, they're probably... I wouldn't doubt they're almost completely booked up mm-hmm. for the fall. So, But check out the spring. I'm sure there's like all you wedding people out there, a lot of people our age, younger, getting married, whatnot. No people getting married. You know, there's popular dates, I'm sure, in the spring. So check them out on, uh, at their website, MMDJ Pros, and you can see if your date is open. And I'm sure it goes pretty far out. So book them up. And they do a good job. They, like we said, they do the audio for the wrestling dream wave events yep. so. dream wave wrestling yeah. yep they are awesome we've seen it firsthand experience that's right kicking sound that's cool yep what do we got john we got just a no episode epi- uh, episode or new no guest episode i'm sorry no guest episode yet we're following our routine here of an interviews and all that stuff although i i think we've got a cool uh, one coming up in the future although we've got a lot of behind the scenes work to do on that so We'll save that mm-hmm. for now and just make everybody wonder with suspense. Sure. So for today, though, uh, episode 57, we're going to cover a few things in the news and some topics that have been in the news for a while now. Right. But just stuff we haven't really talked about. I guess we can jump right in. Let's do it. Well, one of the th- I think this, we talked about this maybe two episodes ago was the Peru canine police dog that died. Is that a redundancy canine police dog? I, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. Well, the the canine that died in the car accident. As a result of the Verizon wireless uh, robbery. Right. That person in was Peru. arrested. Yes. Yes. And he they will got be, him. He will be One given extra charges as a, because of the police dog that died that day in the car crash. Because he was robbing the store, he will be charged. You know, probably at what extra an extra two years up to. Because of that or something? I think so. I think that was it. If I can remember our own podcast, we did just a scant two episodes ago. 
<laughs> yeah, so luckily they did find the guy, but there was another guy, so probably still on the lookout. Although if they got one of them, they'll crack this guy eventually. Yeah, or not. I mean, at some point that guy probably will end up in jail again, the other one for sure. Send Stabler in there and give him the business. That's right. Give him the, I like that line. <laughs> give him the business. <laughs> do, do you remember – I? So we had football debut this weekend. Do you, do you know Ed Hockley? Do you remember? Yeah. He's the, the buff refer. Yes. NFL buff football. Ref. There was a game at one point where he said over the intercom that he was giving him the business in there. <laughs> and it was just like a, a roughing call or a, you know, a legal procedure kind of penalty. At he, did he mean to say it over the loudspeaker? I think he did. I think he, he kind of, I think he flummoxed, got flummoxed a bit and wasn't sure what to say other than like, well, I guess what would be the flag or foul kind of thing? Like, it, was, what's, what's, I, I can't think of it right now, see? So I, but I, I know what foul. Give him the, what's that? Personal foul. Yeah. Uh, for giving him the business. Yeah. Giving, he was giving him penalty. the business down there. Uh, First down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was that. That's how. It, so whenever I hear that, giving him the business, I always think Ed Hockley. And I could even be wrong about that story, but that's how I remember it. So. And that's what we're gonna say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, All right. We we had some random news stories we we're gonna talk about. I guess this is kind of one of our random episodes. No, no such direction. I like the random episodes. They're fun. They we are. get lost in what we're talking about. We end up confusing everybody. Mm-hmm. It's great. So let's let's do it. Well, one thing that's not such a random topic. Actually, we have talked about it before. Going back, I wrote this down. It was uh, episode 41. Back on October 10th of 2012, we did an episode where, where we talked about block Rickle, block R-I-C-L signs you may have seen. Especially, I know uh, driving up to Mendota, I see these signs all the time. Now they got this big semi-truck painted with the block R-I-C-L on there. And uh, we talked about this on that episode, you know, specifically we got behind the the science of it and of what it's all about. These right. these DC lines that are running uh, that they want to use to transfer power from uh, wind farms in the west off to areas in the east, and they're looking to plant this big power line through our lovely Illinois Valley area land, some of the farmland, and that's what these signs are trying to stop. So, yeah, if you want more information about that, we kind of get into the science of DC lines versus AC and what that all means. Uh, and then we uh, we talk a little bit about it. But at the time, Clayton, I, I think there wasn't a very clear message about what this block right. well, RICL thing is. I think we, we kind of – we talked about it for quite a while. I don't know if we ever really got anywhere with it. I think – and we probably still don't have a total understanding of the whole situation simply because it's the way public utilities and – the way power is bought and sold and all the different ways states work and energy and all that different stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes on there and you really have to have a, a strong knowledge of a lot of different things to really understand what's going on, but or, or to, to wholly understand it. I'm not saying that you can't have an educated opinion on what's going on. But, and I felt like we, like we talked about it for a lot, but I don't, I felt like we didn't really get anywhere. We, we kind of felt a little funny about it. We liked the technology, but we didn't like, the company from Texas coming up and taking farmland out of out of the area. You know, it's it's going right. to follow the what was it like the it's Rock Island Clean Line. It's an old train line that they were following or something, if I remember yep. right. Exactly right. And it, it just it didn't add up to us at the time, and the opposition was sort of disorganized. And 
kind of nice to see that they're kind of coming together and organizing a lot of the people that are against this whole thing of building these power lines across the whole state. And they're they're actually having a meeting in Mendota in, in a, just a couple weeks. September 18th right. at 7 in the auditorium, I assume, at the, the high, school. high school? Yep, at the okay. high school auditorium. So um, definitely if you're in the Mendota area, that's probably something – you should well. I mean, people who know about this already know about this, so I'm sure that they uh, they're already probably going to be a lot of people there. Uh, they put together a nice flyer about things you should know mm-hmm. about the whole program. What I thought was most interesting was the you know some of the stuff about the non-renewable farmland damage and what it's going to do to damage and destroy the areas. I mean, it's it's pretty large area that they're going to require to do this. It's like over 12,000 acres of land, farmland, that's going to be taken out, uh, which has a direct impact on property tax and property value. Right. Uh, so this is, um, I don't know, I still don't know what to think about it, though. I just, I'm up in the air. Yeah, I, I, I from what I understand, and, and it, it just doesn't make sense to, to transfer power from one area to another. Illinois, and, and in our area, we spent a lot of money on infrastructure. Um, there's a thing in there to reference their document that the Block Rickle people put out, and that can be found at blockrickle.com, and then if there's a link, and it's just for key points. Um, yep, or go to ivypod.com. You know, we will, on our announcements page, where we put our information for the episodes, we will have the links, right. too. And it's a pretty easy to take in doc, but one of the things was that the folks on the East Coast don't necessarily, and when we talked about in our previous episode, one of the main objectives this clean line will achieve is transferring power um, so-called clean energy or clean power from wind turbines to the east coast to help meet government mandates for clean energy you know the the east coast is more reliant on non-green or non-renewable energy sources while here in the midwest we're lucky because of the we've we put up a lot of wind turbines and stuff and apparently they're making enough power to where our power is cheap so we might as well start selling it out east but there's a thing in here that says that 10 East Coast governors have already wrote Congress twice to state that they do not want Midwest wind, meaning they don't want wind energy from the Midwest. So they so want to make their energy the, themselves. Right, right. And it's and you mentioned, you know, making the power. I mean, this actually, us here in Illinois, this we wouldn't even be directly impacted. It's not like we're going to be making the money because the, the wind power, I believe, is coming from, is it Iowa? Yeah. It's, is it coming from? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, and they would be using up the infrastructure. We're paying uh, 3.2 billion dollars to upgrade in our own smart grid system. Um, they would be, you know, working their way through that. I know they'd have their own line, but it would it would involve. You know. It's it it is interesting in that it, when I was reading this, it has a lot to do with uh, the the governments over there in the on the East Coast having it in their policies where they have to have so much green renewable power brought in well and if they're not actually producing green power themselves they need to get it from somewhere so they're trying to get it from the west coast uh which reminded me of like when we did the hennepin hopper lakes Mm -hmm. uh, podcast where we were talking about the credits and how they were you know companies would be supporting the hopper lakes because they get the credits to offset the pollution that they're doing it's just a weird, weird sort of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not directly related, but it just made me well, think of that. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying too is like the idea that you're taking something from somewhere where and and kind of 
because of the system it has, you're making something else happen over here because of two unrelated things. A little bit. Seems a you know the odd, message is well, yeah, I know what you mean though. I mean, and but and they've definitely focused their message a lot better with the the block RICL. Whereas on the flip side, the clean line energy people, we follow them on Twitter. Just to be fair, you know, we got to follow everybody. Sure. Uh, that's at Clean Line Energy, uh, out of Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, you, you go Ron. through their Twitter feed. What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you go through their Twitter feed and. And there was like, there's a thing recently here posted. It's a, a blog about how clean energy works for the U.S. And, you know, there's information here and just scanning through it. Can't say I gave it a lot of time, but from what I saw, it's a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of specific details that say this is a good thing. It's just kind of generic it's, information. It's, it's yeah, jacked yeah, up renewable. with buzzwords. Yes, lots of buzzwords. <laughs> buzzwords, yes. Yeah, like <laughs> green, environmentally friendly. Benefits, you know, like renewable. Just, yeah, like all this. I see like, that all over the place. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where they're going on it, but they do not have the kind of offensive that the the opposition here locally is is really mounting. They right. they're just not putting a lot of information to promote their well that's, their, their thing. That helps. If I was them, I would be putting out more information about the stuff we researched about the the cool technological benefits of DC power. I mean, I thought it was interesting. I mean, the way you know, when you think of it, having straight DC power uh, moving from place to place is a good thing just because, say, take a – I know one example is data centers. Okay, so if every single computer inside the data center, you know, they're going to have an AC to DC converter inside of them because the computer actually runs off DC. So all this power has been being transmitted on AC lines and then converted back to DC. Well, if you can eliminate that conversion, you can – you can have less loss. Sure. So it's more efficient. Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about any of that kind of stuff. Right. It's just it, it, maybe that that's going to be done on our grid that we already paid for. Yeah, that that's <clears throat> that would be good. And this isn't the only project like from the folks at CleanLine. It, it's a company's CleanLine Energy Partners. They are trying to do the same thing. Called the, there's three other projects as well. So there's you know throughout the united states this isn't just unique to illinois and and northern illinois so just put that out there as well this is part of a whole you know probably business model that they're going on here yeah i feel like we're probably going to just kind of keep running in place with this topic like we even though there's this information on this i just i don't still don't feel like there's you know one right way one wrong way but one thing that's bothering me about it is one of the previous articles from our last show from episode 41 uh, there was a quote about how you know they could put these lines along something like Route 80. Mm-hmm. You know it's already cutting through the farmland. And, you know mm-hmm. just use that same area, or, or maybe just kind of widen it just a little bit. I don't know, but they don't want to because then they have to go through the federal government, and they that you know that's a lot harder to get through. So instead they're just trying to go straight through the farmers uh, the cropland. Mm-hmm. So. That that bugs me because to me that would be the most practical area to do it. Right, the the area that's already been bastardized with the highway. Yes, you might as well exactly. pull your power lines by it. You yeah, know, do you know what I mean? Let's like let's. That's, uh, yeah, exactly. Let's, that's exactly why let's let's screw up our virgin farmland instead. You know, and and there could be reasons we, we talked before the show. Uh, there could be reasons why they don't want to put along the highway. There, the one thing I thought was interesting, and I ain't the electromagnetic field from the line. 
it can screw up crops allegedly. So I, I say, see that as part of the dock from the Black Rickle folks. I believe that. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if because that's a lot of energy moving through one area. So I could see how it would impact any life that's around it all the time. Right. Um, right. So I wonder if that has anything to do with the, the highway blocking. Uh, GPSs and stuff like that. That was a, one of the other things they put in there. Like for farm equipment, you know, a lot of combining and stuff like that. They're able to track their moistures and yields, you know, by the pinpoint on their little GPS when they're doing their fields. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And if that gets messed up, that could be kind of a big deal. So <clears throat> that's another reason. I, I, I just, the whole thing stinks to me. I, I just, it, you know, sometimes, know. sometimes even if you don't know everything about it, you can. There's a certain smell test, right? Even, even, and just something about this doesn't smell right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of money. They, these folks got loot. The clean line people. There's, but the reason they have loot, the why it looks like they they have so much money, is because well, number one, they do, but they're gonna they plan on making a lot. Of course. And and these are probably like venture capitalist types who are looking to kind of jump in and find a niche in the energy market and look for their way to profit. And and sometimes it's not necessarily in the best interests of everyone, you know, and in our, you know, in our case of the, you know, people of Northern Illinois. So I don't know. I think, I feel like we've kind of dwelled on this one for a little while. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about this? And I feel like I hit on all my, Main points. If you read the thing, it's actually they're, they're, I got the, nothing. the Black Rickle thing is very convincing. Like I, I recommend reading it and then you know being informed. Like it, it, this, it could really be bad. So and I, we talked about it before. Like the, 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 if the price of electricity has to go up by at least fifty percent for them to even for it to even be economically viable. So what what's going on here? Why are they doing this? And that's that's the part that I don't understand. So. That's all I got, John. And it sounds like you're done talking about this. I'm one done. Well, I give up. Well, I we, we can move on to one like environmental tragedy to the next, um, if if we want to call yeah. Blocker the the Rickle the Clean Line thing that. But I don't know. You you want to do that or you want? No, yeah, yeah. You're right. Let's do the serious stuff first, and then we'll have a little fun. Sure. Well, the, there's a we we talked about the meeting for Block Rickle at the Mendota Auditorium on April 18th. There's another meeting in Wedron for the water contamination that's going on. Um, this one's hosted by the EPA. It's going to be the Serena High School from 5 to 6, or open house from 6 to 7. So, um, what day? A September 18th. Okay. So okay. Th- this is from some contamination that was founded uh, and, I, and we haven't talked about this yet. Yeah, this is a, we've never, this has been in the news actually for a while, but we just failed to notice or something mm-hmm. i don't know and it, it it's kind of an interesting story i think they found benzene in the water samples from like nine houses in wetron and yes because and i guess people were complaining that their water smelled like gasoline and that i would probably make a phone call if my water smelled like gasoline too mm-hmm. uh, and the but, e- but, epa became involved so Right, and and the, the story got a little bit of uh, a little buzz to it because Erin um, Brockovich was involved. Right. Her and her uh, environmental scientist that she's worked before with uh, Robert uh, Baucock, I think his name is. Anyway, they were they've been involved uh, in getting the word out and trying to get things done. So kind of helped give the story a little bit more national. I don't know if it got national coverage, but it definitely got a little bit more. I bet uh, it steady. did on a, on a low level. 
like in the, sure. the little blurbs in the paper. I bet the AP Associated Press picked that up. It, it's, it's scary because there's a lot of bad stuff out there, and that sounds like they had elevated levels of all kinds of stuff, VOCs, volatile organic compounds, and then uh, – Is it? Okay. Yes. A uh, family of chemicals called volatile organic compounds or VOCs. Um, as well as benzene, ethyl benzene, and xylenes. Uh, this is kind of along the same lines as the chemicals that you, you, you get a lot of plastics and stuff like that. But this is more of like an old school contamination, probably from sometime over the last hundred years. Yeah, somehow they... it, there's a plume that happens in the ground where it contaminates a good bit of drinking water, and you have to go really deep with your well to avoid it. Yes, and this isn't the first time this issue's come up. Uh, it was first noticed, I think, back in 82. Right, April of 82 and June of 83 and August of 83. It was 70 times the allowed standard for benzene in water, like the concentration. So, actually, I think that's what it is now. The U.S., the EPA has been giving out bottled water, but I said one of these articles, you really shouldn't even shower in the stuff. Uh, so that's the, the kind of stuff like yeah, just just uh, just breathing, just being around it a lot. I mean, it's bad for you if there's fumes or anything associated with it. Yeah, um, and back in '82 when they found this, they fixed it by just you know finding uh, digging some deeper wells. Well, that as of right now, that seems to be the only thing that I've seen here talked about is just looking for another site. There's right. I guess a park site. They're looking to deep another deeper well right. yet and to it, help these nine houses out that ha- are, have the contaminated water. And it says the wall, the wells that they dug in 1985 are still clean. As well. Okay. So Good. and this is a very limited number of people. It sounds like probably a small environmental contamination from well, it's some, a small town just to begin with. Yeah, it's teeny tiny. The biggest company there is Wedger and yeah, Silica, and they tried to pin it on them. They're doing voluntary water sampling. You know, because the EPA has a a policy of who pays, and it's the contaminator pays for any of the reclamation, any of the costs that turn out to be associated with the the disaster. What does it say that there was something in one of these that we were reading? Oh, it was the free. It was the FAQ document. Right. It was number seventeen on the question doc, and we'll we'll post this as well on the. Site, uh, why doesn't EPA use federal funds to clean up the groundwater now? And it quotes here saying, our policy is to follow the polluter pays model for cleaning up contamination. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Someone's got to yeah. front the money, though, I'm guessing. If it's Fairmont Minerals, that's in Wedron. I guess back in the day it was Wedron Silica. So I really don't understand how a uh, sand mining operation would uh, contaminate and get benzene in the water. You know... The only thing that could happen, um, I mean, there's a lot of oils and, uh, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, a lot of instruments and machines and trucks and stuff like that. If you have diesel tanks and, but I, I guess from my understanding and what I've heard, you know, if you have a, if even if you had a leaky diesel tank, you know, or like a gas station kind of thing, like a big tank for, for all your trucks and everything, the amount of benzene in that that's in even diesel fuel isn't, isn't, that bad but yeah and, and you know i could see this if if this was like a fracking situation I've, I've you know when we did some of the fracking talks on previous podcasts and looking into that you know you could see how they pump a lot of crazy stuff down down you know, or at right. least they used to into the lines to help extract gas or whatever uh, but this this there's none of that going on here right. so that's not what's going on right 
It's not, yeah, it has nothing to do with frack. Like, mining sand and fracking are two completely different things, obviously. And some people, I think, don't actually understand that. Uh, They're different yet related. Yeah, very much related, but very much different. Uh, mining sand happens to be less... Well, they're both. You know, well, they're they both related in that one is used the I guess, but one one you don't pump fluid into the ground. One you just no. I just meant that one is used for the other. Right, and there is there is an other environmental concerns in Wedron as well. I mean, that the, there was property owned by Martin Marietta, which is actually the company I work for. Uniman bought them way back in the day, like in 1980, and it's now owned by Wedron Silica. So maybe there is two different mining operations in Wedron. Probably is. But there was VOC contamination in soil in a 2012 study on the right-of-way adjacent to the Hoxie property and on property owned by the railroad. So it sounds like this area has probably been pretty heavily traveled over the last 60 or 70 years. And if it's anywhere, you know, near the rail, railroad, rail lines, you know. It, Things got dumped. Who knows? You never know. I mean. Yeah. It, well, that's the that's the scary part that to me of this story is that they have not yet identified the source. Right. Of this, and they call it a plume, and I find that like when I picture a plume, I picture like oil and water, not volatile chemicals in the ground. Yeah, and they say that it's going to continue to spread. Right. So I just I worry for the this this general area that yeah they may fix this now by digging this one deeper well, but who's going to be next? (laughs) Right. So and I'm guessing something like that once it's there, it's there. There's not a hell of a lot they can do about it. You know, it's it's if it's big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in smaller, isolated situations, they can do some pumping and get some stuff out. But I don't know, not this. This sounds like a little too big. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. I mean, I know I was completely uh, stupid to this whole thing. I until we started looking into this. Yeah, we were kind of trying to figure out what we're going to talk about for our show, and um, you know, I was just looking for local news stuff, and I've kind of been following this. Over the last couple of years, especially when the, the Aaron Brockovich Aaron Brockovich showed up, uh, she gave a speech out there, and uh, it was it's all pretty interesting. It's just it's it's what's frustrating, I think, probably for the people is that there's no one to blame. Right. So it's it's sort of uh, just it's, it's just unfortunate situation. But that's well, except, we, especially if people are going to get anybody's gotten sick out of the, uh, as a result of right. this, and that's really a shame. And I'm sure we're going to see a little more of this going forward. Um, we had a lot of old industry in this area, and there's probably some things that have yet to be uncovered. Repercussions. Yeah, of some of the behavior of the people that ran these places back in the day, a lot of the smelting. And, you know, we've already seen a lot of the radiation and goofy stuff that, that happened. It, goofy's probably a bad, you know, not a good descriptor, but bad stuff that they did. And right. So, yeah, we'll see moving forward what what kind of comes of this. I'll be curious to see if they can pin it on anyone. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be curious too if, like, depending on if it was a company that you know, like, for, like I work for Uniman, they sold that property say years ago, or you know what I mean. Maybe it's not a, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. You know that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. We talked about uh, yeah, Block Rickle. Now we've talked about the Wedron. Uh, contamination. Let's move off the serious stuff. Sounds good. And talk about a statistic here: flip flops <laughs> causing car crashes. Yeah, I, this is the, the best article. First, my first question to you, Clayton, as you put this here: is this is this a real article or is this from like the Onion? Is this when I was reading this, I was like, are you serious? We're talking, it says okay, 
They're, they're, now this this from, story is from, from England, right? Yeah, so you can't okay, so, trust anything that they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they're saying topic. that flip flops cause 1.4 million road accidents or near misses every year. So um, that's funny that they put the or near misses. Yes. How do you track yes. that? How do you track that? I don't know, but I think these you're are better off driving barefoot. Yeah, I got no problem driving barefoot. Well, here, no, the, first, the first thing was that 27% of drivers admitted driving in flip-flops had caused a mishap, and 11% said that the shoe had gotten stuck under the pedals or the flip-flop had gotten stuck under the pedal. So that's right. of those who drive in flip-flops, 27% admitted to, to having a mishap, not necessarily an accident, but you know, a little skirmish while driving in flip-flops, so... And I was shocked to see that a special device has been developed by an insurance company to use when wearing flip-flops. Did I read that wrong, or is that what a they're saying A device to here? make flip-flops, which reduce braking times, more stable, has been brought out by insurers, Sheila's Wheels. Sheila's Wheels. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The firm says it's the ultimate summer car accessory. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is I'm reading this. It's like, is this real? The best? No, I got to get to this. I'm going to read these. All right. So we've got some specific cases where flip-flops caused a problem. Mm-hmm. Joseph O'Connor blamed a poor choice of flip-flops as footwear when he appeared in court last week to plead guilty to drunk driving. Uh, he also, he said his foot slipped on the brake, causing him to crash into a minibus full of pensioners. Uh, he was banned from the road. And this one's even better. Pensioners, uh, that must be old folks. Yeah, yeah, I, I was pension. wondering the same so thing. So do you think it was the flip-flops that made him have a few extra tequizas? Is that, uh, yeah. <laughs> <it was. laughs> That's the best thing, the way they slipped this in. And this next one is even better. It's And a 50-year-old woman currently on trial at Bristol Crown Court charged with causing grievous bodily harm with intent after hitting a pedestrian and re- reversing back over him blamed her flip-flops for getting caught in the pedal. Nice. Nice. Had to back over him. That was the flip flop. She's a flip flopper. (laughs) She couldn't decide if she wanted to go over or back. Oh man. (laughs) Anyway, we had to get that out. Yeah. Silly news. I don't know if this. I I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually a thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if we were to hear from someone to say like, yeah, you know, when you're driving with flip flops, you're best just to take them off because they do sometimes just slip or something. Yeah, I would. I've never. I don't wear flip flops. I never have. So, I don't either. I wear sandals, but not flip-flops. I can't I can't do those things. Bother my feet. My wife tried to give me a pair, and I, I didn't know how to walk in them proper, apparently. So, and I, I don't like the way they make that feeling in between your big toe and your next toe. I just don't like that. No, me neither. Nope. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah I'm not a – yeah, I had, I've had sandals, like you said. But, you know, like the kind if I needed to run, I could. Exactly. Like worst case, you know what I mean? I can still make it out of there. I'm not I'm just not a fan. It's fine. Me neither. Shower shoes. It's what Agreed. Alright, we've confirmed here on Ivy Pod. Flip flocks. Flip flocks. Flip flops suck. Mm-hmm. Or tongs. I used to call them tongs. Yeah, see that they're shower shoes, man. Shower shoes. There you go. <laughs> So, yeah, moving on. Right. Either way, don't drive in them. I, I'm guess I, I believe they're dangerous. That's why I kind of brought Probably this up. Probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I could be full of it. Maybe they're safe. I have no idea. But uh, my my sus- I suspect that they're they're probably pretty dangerous. And be careful out be, there, folks, I guess. Yes. Be, please be careful. 
and don't drink and drive. Yeah, that's that's also a bad start. Drinking, driving, and flip flops, and don't break two laws at once. Driving and flip flops. That's you know against the Ivy Pod rules, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to be taking a break shortly before we get into our usuals. I do have a fun little announcement. Last time we were on the show, we announced that the PS4 has a date, November 15th. Xbox One coming out November 22nd. Nice. So, so what was the PS3 cool. day again? November, fi- November 15th. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then X by the new Xbox is November 22nd. Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I can't say I'm going to be getting one right out of the box, but eventually I do want to get a PS4. I'm pretty excited about it. I like the game Battlefield and the stuff they're showing for it. It actually integrates a tablet. You can use the tablet live during gameplay to call out commands, and oh, it just sounds incredible. Well, that, so, I, I think that the, what, the, what we're going to see the next jump in technology is going to be pretty awesome. It's gonna yeah, be fun. I, I'm I'm pumped. It's moving quick now. <laughs> I don't know if the gra- how the graphics can get a whole lot better, uh, but that's fine. I, I don't even care if the graphics get much better if they start adding new peripherals and just different ways to enhance the gameplay. I'm, I'm pumped. Right, just the controls in general have come so far. Um, not necessarily the controller, but just the dynamics, the engines that drive the gameplay. Everything is so cool. Just everything works so well, and you can just everything's to the detail, and everything is just amazing. It's exciting, I think. And I, I, I like I like you said, I'm not going to be jumping on. I'm not going to be the one waiting in line to buy one of these things, but not this time. <laughs> I, I remember paying someone to wait in line for me to buy a PS2. Yes, yes. And I yeah. we, I sold it Chad, on eBay. Chad was giving us crap about that last time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That makes sense, though. There's money to be made if you know how to wait in line. If you're unemployed, get someone to front you the money and split the profits when you sell it on eBay. I don't know there if that'll be go. a thing. But I don't know if that'll be a thing either. But uh, who knows? I, and I've said it before. I, the we, people, I think people are itching. For a new system, you know, it's been eight years. Is it really? Since the last system. Yeah, it's been eight years, and uh, the Wii U was a bomb because everybody smelled that one that it was nothing too. What is the cool Wii? I don't even it. know what that is. Is it a whole, the Wii U a whole is console? the new Wii? It's yeah, it's, it, it's they developed their own tablet and made it the controller. Okay. Uh, in my in my viewpoint, they wasted a lot of time developing this tablet style controller instead of doing what. PS4 and Xbox are going to do. Let the tablet oh. people take care of the tablet. Yeah, just make on, it an app. Yeah. Just make it an app. So It'll it's, work uh, on your system. Exactly. Well, there's there's probably an argument to be made that this is the actual last console that you will plug into your home, You know, meaning everything else is going to start to yeah. just run through your television. Or Well, they said the same thing the last time, though, too. So we'll see. Well, that's it, a good point. It makes sense. It just it, they, that's like the well, we're going to switch to the metric system, but we haven't done that <laughs> either, right? Maybe, <laughs> it, yeah, they'll be integrated into our bodies. So it's that's that's I was reading something in Wired about that. How that's going to be the future of it's just going to be implants. Technology technology is going to be integrated and seamless and not noticeable. Everything's going to be just super clean. Where everything's going to have embedded chips and all sorts of crazy stuff so getting into the whole like holograms and protected so. stuff and if not i'll uh, continue to watch sci-fi and dream mm-hmm. well i so. you never know like the way the technology moves is it, it just accelerates and accelerates and accelerates it's like on an upward 
incline. You know, it's it's moving mm-hmm. quick, man. You never know. We'll probably have our minds blown quite a few more times in our lifetime. I hope so. Yeah, you never know. All right. But yeah, I'm excited well, for the new gaming and oh man. If someone gets one, you should invite us over for some for some gaming. Please do. Yeah, we we would be happy to try it out so we can do a review on the podcast. Right, and I I think I I know one person for sure. So awesome, Mike. Yes. All right. I'm guessing he will be bright and early, and he'll probably gladly host a uh, a trial for us. Good. Yeah. All right. I guess it's about time for a break. Oh, since we're nearing the end of the baseball season, it's worth noting. Clayton is still kicking my butt in the home run pool, 149 to 113. Yeah, still so. way behind the leader who's at 228. I'll, I'll blame Ryan Braun uh, for yeah. my troubles this year. I'm an idiot. I, I knew Miguel Cabrera was the guy, and I didn't pick him, so that's on me. Yeah. That's all I got. I, I, I'd love I to carry on, but it's football's on. It's really hard to be. I mean, I know the playoffs are probably going to be great for baseball this year, but. I'm over it. <laughs> My five, it provided us enough fodder for five bucks a piece that it was worth it just to talk about it on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Next year we'll actually have a little more notice, so right. we can make it a little bit uh, get more people involved. Sure. So sounds awesome. All right, we're gonna take a super quick break and come right back with our fun finish stuff, all that good stuff. We'll be right back. Awesome. finish off this well not really finish it off we're going to begin our usual section of the show but before we do that we're going to hit up our sponsor one more time the music machine do you need some help with music at an upcoming event we recommend checking out the music machine we got uh, clayton and i got first-hand exposure to the music machine we went to a recent wedding i guess it's not so not so recent anymore yeah. and yes that was a beer can you opening in the background <laughs> uh, we went to a wedding with the music machine. They did the music production, and it was awesome. The sound quality was awesome. The dance floor was kicking. It was great. Uh, we mentioned before they do the sound for Dream Dreamwave Wrestling. I've seen several events, and the sound is always really good. I mean, you got to have good sound at a wrestling event. It kind of adds to the whole thing when a wrestler comes out and his music's kicking. It gets everybody amped up for the big match. So. They do a great job doing that. Uh, they've been 
DJing for over 23 years, they can handle just about anything, except we found out, sadly, not video dances. So maybe someday they can do video dances. But as of right now, weddings, parties, charity events, and regular dances, hey, hit them up. Their website is mmdjpros.com. MMDJPROS.com. Their phone number is 815-223-6635. Check out their website. They got the event planner thing. You can find out if your date is available. Get in touch with them as soon as you can because fall is booking up, if not booked up completely. But there is always the winter time and spring weddings. Uh, is Now is the time to get in touch with them. So, yeah, we thank them for their support of the IV. Alternative podcast. Thanks, Music Machine. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Clayton, I don't have much here for apps. The only thing I had written down comes as a, as the result of some tweets I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, at PCAMP was tweeting, I assume, from a bar. Actually, it said which bar. I think I can't remember which one it was. He, he said he was at. Riverview. Uh, or... Riverview, yeah. Uh, it's no. this app called... No? It wasn't Riverview. Yeah, it was a Peru bar. Yeah, it was. Anyway, it's, the app's called Touch Tunes, and they have a handle, at Touch Tunes. Uh, so I guess what this is, it's an app you can use so that when you're at a bar or a restaurant that has, has one of these jukeboxes, or, uh, so that you can just select a song straight from your phone instead of you know, going and shuffling through all their menus. and you know, Those can be... You know, they've, they've side come tracks. a long way. Sidetracks. Side okay, sidetracks. Yeah, so, you know, th- these machines, they've come a long way with their touchscreens, you know, but cycling through songs and finding the song you want, I still think on those machines is a little bit troublesome. So with this, it makes it super simple. You can just find it, find the song you want from your phone. I don't know. I've never actually used it. It sounds cool, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Well, they have the automatic machine. It just makes sense. You check in at the bar, and then you go to their app. You say you're there. I, I imagine hopefully there's something on there to make sure that you can't just play songs at a bar you're not at because that would be cool. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it would be funny. <laughs> Happy birthday over and over again. Uh, <laughs> it would be grating. The chicken dance. That's a cool app, though. I like the idea. Again, getting into like the technology stuff that we talked about before, it's, this is just kind of a – Something as silly as playing songs on a jukebox. You don't even have to get up from your bar stool to do it anymore. There you go. Awesome. Did you have any other apps? No, I didn't. I did not. Okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think we're gonna, no. I think we're going to fill up the rest of the show with our uh, easily with tweets. Yeah, and and we did pretty good. You did good with the uh, podcasts. Uh, we yes. You found yeah, another local one. podcast, right, John? I did. Yeah. So. I kind of had gone through and listened to all the shows and, you know, I was doing some laundry or something. I don't know. And I was looking for something to listen to and I'm Stitcher, you know, Stitcher app, you know, Stitcher radio app. We, you can listen to us. You may be listening to us right now on Stitcher. Well, they offer a, a nice feature on there. If you go to your dashboard, you can search uh, podcasts by category. And one of the categories is local. And I don't remember if it's using the GPS on the phone or if it's something I, put in for my account i have no idea but using the local button it will search out podcasts that are local to wherever you are and most of the podcasts i was finding like we actually were right at the top of the list which was perfect you know if you're from the from the area that's great for us some of the gamer podcasts local gamer podcasts popped up as well 
um, like Idiot uh, Gamer or Nerdy Directive. Then there was a bunch of gun podcasts and some political podcasts. And somewhere down the list, I found this podcast called How Do You Know That? And this is, I found out after the fact, I contacted these guys uh, via Twitter because their, their handle is at HDYKT Podcast. They are out of Aurora, Illinois. And the idea with this podcast, they don't have very many. It's relatively new. It's a bunch of guys. They're probably roughly our age, Clayton. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they get together, and they they all have some a drink of choice, beer or whiskey or whatever, hard drink, whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they got some kind of a new drink, and they get together, and uh, building up to this the, the recording, they all do their own research and get trivia questions. And they just kind of sit around the mic trying to stump each other with trivia questions and drinking some booze and giving reviews on the booze that they're drinking. And just it's it was kind of a fun podcast. I listened to a couple of them, and the trivia questions were interesting. And they've got a lot of fun banter, mm-hmm. of course, too. So, uh, yeah, it was cool. Let's yeah. check it out. Yeah. So what was the Something, name of that? How do you it's know called, that? How do you know that? They are on iTunes and, uh, like I said, Stitcher. So, yeah, support your local podcast, Illinois Podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of uh, like the, the, the concept of, you know, we're drinking you know, mojitos tonight. I'm using such and such a gin, or is it beers, or is it a good mix? It's both. Yeah, they talk about whatever. Scotch whatever. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So don't forget, speaking of local podcasts, don't forget the other local podcasts here in the Illinois Valley area, Candid Radio. Idiot Gamer, Nerdy Directive, Three the Hard Way, and Twizcast. If you haven't checked them out yet, what are you waiting for? Right. Come on, people. Um, but anyway, do you have any podcasts? Yeah, you no, know, I don't really. I, I I think you you when I looked at the doctor earlier today, I was like, man, John John put some good ones on there. You put the NPR episode with uh, episode four twenty one, the birth of the dollar bill. Listen to that podcast. It's it's cool. It's really cool. And thanks, Clayton, by the way, because you turned me on to this podcast, the Planet Money podcast. I do enjoy it. It's This one especially was just fun because we are just – we don't even think about it anymore. You know, money and the dollar bill and the $10 bill, we're just – it's we've grown up with it. Right. But just a little bit before the Civil War, it was not that way. In fact, there was like just thousands of – different types of money here in the u.s every single bank issued its own type of bank note and that there was no unified money at all and so if you went to say a bar for example the bartender would have to pull out this big giant book and go and look up the bank note you gave him to try to pay for your drink and he'd have to first off find out if it's legit if it's in this book and if it is in the book then you'd have to find out what the going rate for it was because if say you were an out-of-stater and you brought your banknote in from some out-of-state bank, well, it wasn't as valuable as if you were at that general area of the the original bank. So it it was just, it was weird. Uh, And it was after the Civil War, during the Civil War, that the Union, you know, started uh, producing uh, a unified source of money. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Very good podcast. NPR number four. I'm a big, big fan of Planet Money. Uh, I don't get to listen to as much podcasting as I used to. Um, yes, well, you know, I'm, you suck. I'm still disappointed. It's just you just don't have the time to, to listen to everything. And I probably had ten to twelve 
podcasts that I listen to like regularly and I still maintain a lot of that. But sometimes the good ones get, some of them just kind of get, you don't get to every one of them and Planet Money is yeah. one of those for me. And that's too bad, but the, I love all the stuff that they do about currency and why some stuff's worth what it is and they have such great correspondence and uh, all the people that do this show, it's just such a good, good podcast. Definitely recommend it. And a lot of them are about 20 minutes. They're not a huge time sink. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah, we're, exactly. right. We're not recommending like a Joe Rogan two and a half hour, like marathon pod with <laughs> someone that's really, you know, kind of goes all over the place, but is good overall. This, these are just jam packed full of all kinds of interesting stuff. Yep. Highly condensed. Well, they're, they're, they're made for radio. Right. And turned into podcasts. Right. But uh, they take out all the ads and stuff, and it makes for a really good podcast. It does. Definitely so does. I oh, guess yeah. that's it for podcasts. Other than uh, my thing about Norm MacDonald, yeah. we talked about Norm MacDonald before. I was just going to say that. Yeah. He, he's what? he's done podcasting, and John had to unfollow him on Twitter because he live tweets sporting events, uh, particularly a lot of golf, right? Yes. And and it'll be like, all right, you know, Woods in from fifty. He missed the putt. He will. He's two under through six. <laughs> and you're like, yes. It's not. It, it, it. You know, you read it thinking, okay, is he going somewhere with this? And a lot of times, he he's not. He's. I think he's just trying right. to be. Uh, so uh, I don't know what he's thinking, but he, he floods your Twitter feed during these sporting events. I had enough. Right. Some people love that. I, you know what? One function where that might be okay is the smart TVs now where you have the internet connected to them and you can have your Twitter feed hooked up. You could probably set it up to where you're watching, like say, say golf, because that's what okay, I, yeah. I think of Norm McDonald. And you could just have it so only Norm McDonald's tweets were a scroll on your screen or something. That yes, might be, that would be neat. Yeah. That, that would be cool. Right. In, in some instances, I think in a lot of instances, it could be really annoying. <laughs> Well, I would mean, have it set up, and if you were like lazy and you didn't want to get it to turn off, or you know stuff like that. But yeah, I, conceptually the idea is really cool. I do hope he brings the podcast back. I, I enjoyed that one. I just but... like his him, like he he's humor. Yeah. He's so he has such a weird way of like interviewing and like everything about him is it's just awkward and it, it, it's kind of like weird genius. Yeah. Well, but. Seems genuine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he's the one that doesn't drive, right? He had a gambling problem, doesn't drive. Yes, and it, right. You, that's you. You know that there's some underlying issues. Like he's an evil, like genius comedy. <laughs> like he doesn't even know it. Like he's probably like a half a miserable person too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of look up to him, and, and then he, he, if you're really to get to know him, he probably maybe he's he's kind of dark and weird. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Neat, neat. Well, speaking of Twitter, Clayton, I think it's time. For the tweets, tweets. of the week? Yes. Oh, tweets of the fun. week. We've got a lot of them. I don't know if we're going to be able to do all of these. There are a lot. We better fire through. That sounds good. Shall you take the first one? or do you? I, I'll take the first one here, John. Yeah. Oh, sure. Go. Yes. Um, Go for it. This is from Liberty Justice Center at... LJL Center, craft brewers get strangled by anti-competitive regulatory system. This is from, from and we, we kind of hit on this before, talking about Illinois laws uh, restricting the home brewers meetings and stuff like this. There's actually uh, a lot of laws in Illinois that sort of 
restrict the ability of craft brewers to get their product out to the general public. I think this is something that we could probably spend a little bit more time talking about. I don't want to dwell on it. But yeah, I might have to save it. There's a whole licensing system um, in place that the way alcohol can move from the producer to the public is a little bureaucratic, I guess is the best way to put it. And, it, and it's hurting the, the local businesses, uh, the, the, the new craft brewers, because it's a, it's a growing industry. And in Illinois, is actually hurting itself by restricting the way that alcohol can reach the shelves of the liquor stores. Exactly. And craft brewers are the ones that are getting hurt the most. So, yeah, check it out. It's a pretty interesting stuff. That one one was retweeted by Ivy Pod, uh, looks like probably on August 29th. Correct. All right. Next one is from at Andy Kozell on September 4th. I feel like when you write ASAP... It's way more urgent sounding than if you actually wrote out as soon as possible. I would agree. Well, I think part of it, the way he wrote it, is is all in caps, so that meant he yelled it. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you always do ASAP in all caps. Well, exactly. Exactly. So maybe that, yeah. So there you go. Right. It I'm is. Not, I'm not it's saying like yelling it's it. wrong for doing anything the way he did it, but it that in itself is the reason that it seems more urgent is because it's in all caps. So Agreed. It's, it's been figured out. We should probably just move on. Okay. <laughs> this is from the Times uh, at my web Times. Details about the inclusion of cigarette butts into the state's littering law as of January 1st. This is a link to a story retweeted by Ivy Pod on September 4th. This is, is this probably localized version of the you know, $1,500 fine for throwing a cigarette butt out the car window or just littering in public with cigarette butts. I don't know if this actually does go into effect. It's a crazy one. 1500 yeah. bucks. I was surprised to hear that. Right. I think a lot of people find this to be sort of the um, government kind of overstepping its bounds for kind of a, a picking one little detail and punishing that excessively. Then again, it's like, don't do it, and then you don't have to worry about it. Bingo. I mean, it is a little gross. It is. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around a little bit here, Clayton. Sure. Let's see here, September 7th. Okay, this was only a few days ago. Uh, uh, Shaman Ronger, Mark, at Shaman Ronger. I think I'm saying that right. They, caught, they <laughs> gave me, I, I caught crap online because we said his name wrong last time because he's been on the tweets of the, least, tweets of the week before. Anyway, yeah. so uh, it, it, this is actually, this does this tweet doesn't fully capture the essence of what was going on. Uh, it's the tweet is so we learned this morning that a full-on mustache is a no-can-do, like ever, uh, and then hashtag beard off 2013. Uh, so Mark he posted, <laughs> I give him credit. So he had a full, you know, he had a full beard going, and he took a picture of his beard, then like shaved it in such a way so it turned into another type of a beard, and he just he, like he did the mutton chops, and he went from thing to thing as he gradually took the beard off completely. So he. It was just funny, you know, he posted a picture of every single one of these stages, uh, and this was just one of his last tweets. Right. Because I think he was getting a lot of feedback from people. Actually, he commented later on that everybody liked the full-on Ned Flanders mustache the best. So <laughs> it's just funny. Had to give him credit for it. Yeah, yeah well, that's if you're going to trim and then trim and then trim, eventually you're only going to have a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, yeah, and he's probably right, though. 
it's hard to pull off a mustache. That's a tough look. Yes, it is. Some guys do it though. They just rock it so much. Uh, which one? What, what do I take, John? Uh, let, let's. I'll take Nick. Uh, N. Pisha two two two. You almost did it. You it, almost did. You almost made the same mistake I always make. Oh, and N. Pisha twenty two. That's what I thought. I thought my phone was broke because I wasn't getting any retweet and star notifications when I remembered I suck at Twitter and never get retweets or stars. <laughs> this is a self-loathing tweet. Uh, it's pure, like pure genius. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know if that's ironic or if he's serious, but either way, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good one. Good one, Nick. Yeah. And Pisha Newcomer to the Tweets of the Week. Yeah, well, he's got more followers than us anyway, so. Yes, he's doing all right. Yeah. Send them this way. Yeah. Send them our way. All right. The next one's at Ag News underscore Otto Janine. We had to give her a mention here just because of her clever twist on words. Podcasting at Pro Harvest Seeds Field Tour at Whalem Farms in near Streeter. Uh, hashtag Harvest bleh, Harvest 13. It's got a Twitter picture of some pea pods, I think, here. Soybeans, yeah. I think it was in reference to us. She, she was hoping she'd make Tweet of the Week for that one. And it worked. It did. Like a charm. That's right. She knows what she's doing. Crafty, <laughs> that Janine Otto. I know. Yeah, I'll move it on, you know. LaSalle County, this is from Jeff Dankert, uh, at NT underscore Peru, News Tribune reporter. It's a LaSalle County Board Committee recommends extending freeze on new or expanding sand mines until county finishes its comprehensive plan. Uh, this is from September 4th. So, yeah, they're looking to sort of just put things on hold until it can count. I'm guessing there's some kind of general plan where they're going to kind of figure out how many of these places they're going to eventually allow in before there's so many that they they realize, oh, wait, that's too many when they've given out too many licenses and stuff. So kind of smart on their part to take their time with this. Uh, yeah. I don't think the market's going to go anywhere. They're going to they're going to be able to let as many as we want in, I'm guessing. <clears throat> and it's probably a good idea to have, at least have some sort of uh, regulation in that regard, at least at least uh, some semblance of control. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Uh, the next one is well, this is from my t- my feed, my Twitter feed at uh, StrataJ. So from Mr. Scott Fletcher at Mr. Scott Fletcher on September third. Uh, whenever I click on Internet Explorer by mistake, I feel the most uninteresting mixture of sadness. And bemusement. I liked this mainly because, you know, Internet Explorer is built into your computer. It's always there. Right. I myself use Chrome, uh, but ever, I do that. Once in a while, I'll bump the Internet Explorer or something will automatically launch Internet Explorer. And I'll be like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want that. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Being a Mac man now, I don't have that problem with Internet Explorer. It's Safari because I, I still use Firefox. Yeah, I like Firefox. So, but yeah, same, same. I, I, I have a my work computer is a you know a regular PC and it's same deal. I just find their whole thing to be clumsy. I don't like yep, it. It totally is. Screw them. I don't understand why. It, I, it just, I can't. There's no good explanation of why I feel that way. It just does. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll take the next one. I'm, I'm gonna take. This one is from CNBC Beer News at the at CNBC Beer News. Uh, this one is from September second. It's from my Twitter feed, and it's at uh, Fancy Pants Beer. 
pumpkin beer is the modern day equivalent of the mullet. Everybody that brewed one will be ashamed of it in a decade. <laughs> I, I I've been hearing is, a lot of talk about pumpkin beer. It's awful. Uh, I'm sure there's some good ones out there, but I try them, and it's one of these things where I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 you should want to like this. It seems like a – it doesn't even seem like a good idea. I mean, it kind of sounds good maybe. No, maybe, it doesn't. Sort of? No? It, 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 well, like seasonally, like in the – you know, get with the time, you know, hey, it's fall. Let's drink a pumpkin beer. It makes sense, right? But at the surface, when you think of pumpkin, if anything edible, you think of pumpkin pie, which is sweet. Beer, I don't need – pumpkin flavor it's not the best of flavors it works with pumpkin pie but it doesn't really anywhere else i'm just gonna flat out avoid it yeah I, someone has i've been given a pumpkin beer before and i my instinct was like yeah no this doesn't seem like a good idea and it was right like it, and i'm <laughs> sure these people really put a lot of effort and there's probably some arguments that could say well you know it has good flavor and it's subtle and blah 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 and it's really you know it's actually kind of nice and it, you do it you know, at the right time or with the right meal. No, let's just forget it. Let's let beer brewers just let's leave the pumpkin in the patch. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I think a honey beer is, is about as sweet as I want it to right. be. Well, they've been honey is the original beer. It's mead. Yeah. You know that, I, that so, I don't mind that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's uh, even a, kind even of a shandy on a hot day. What's that? I said, I'll even do the shandy or whatever you call that on the, the lemon, hot day. The lemon, yeah. I agree with that too, actually, John. But, uh, yeah, pumpkin? Eh. No, thank you. I ran it pretty good on that one, so everybody <laughs> knows where I stand on the pumpkin beer. We know. That day, <laughs> that fulfills this week's uh, beer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did do a review, so this week's not necessarily a review. It's just a warning. Right. Don't drink Don't pumpkin beer. Don't drink pumpkin beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's another quick tip. You, you just it just spawned a quick little. It, it, if you if you're going to buy like a craft beer, like at Rudy's or somewhere else, number one, look for one that's refrigerated, and if you're gonna buy it off the shelf, make sure it's not dusty. Yes. Two good tips, and I good can explain tips. why later on, but just makes it all the sense in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Moving on. All right. We only have one left. Nice. Uh, this is also from uh, Clayton's feed at C. Jaquins. Uh, so it's from Jim Gaffigan at Jim Gaffigan. Uh, this is, is this from today? today? Yeah, I saw this the ninth? today when I was looking at okay. this and I thought it was great. Nice. Just watched my nine-year-old use a penne pasta as a straw to suck up Parmesan cheese. Hashtag proud. Nice. I, I think if you had a kid and you saw him do something like that, like let's get creative you just be like, wow, that's good job. That's pretty neat, you know. <laughs> I don't know. He he has a he's a he has a lot of stuff about kids and his other his what what is his book titled? Like, uh, my dad is fat or something like that. So <laughs> I'm a big fan of him. So nice. That pretty well, much wraps up the uh, tweets of the week, though, huh? Yes, that wraps up the tweets of the week, and I think it kind of wraps up the show as well. Nice. Yeah, that was fun. I uh, don't have uh, much details to give for our upcoming show. We are definitely hoping to have another interview as we stick to our plan, but um, yeah, we've been good. more information on that to come. Uh, we've got a little work to do, Clayton. Sure. We'll talk about that one. Uh, yeah, but will, yeah, because I actually I think, yeah, we'll, we, we, we do, because yeah, carry on, yeah. sir, because I we'll, think we'll, we'll, we'll have to take this, this offline, I'm sure. 
Yes, we will let the suspense build. So for now, yeah. hey, listen to Ivy Pod and catch up on old episodes on our website. You can go to uh, ivypod.com and our entire library of shows is archived. There's actually a little icon at the bottom of the page. It says Podbean. You just click on that. It takes you to the Podbean site where all the podcasts are there for your listening pleasure. So check them out. They're a little rough, some of the early ones, but uh, hey, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Not that we do now, but we do at least a little bit. So yeah, um, Ivy Pod on Facebook and Ivy Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Google Plus, we are Ivy Pod the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast, either one will direct you to Google+. But I tell you what, it's just a ripoff. I'm not putting too much work into it. It's all for Google ranking stuff. Sure, just, just taking the one more face- page they can click yes. to find just us. Just taking the Facebook posts and I'm copying it on Google. That's it. Sounds good I'm not, to me, dude. I'm not work too hard on that crap. Yeah, so uh, mail at IvyPod for anybody who still uses email. And hey, we're always looking for new sponsors. Mm-hmm. So check us out. Um, I don't got anything else, Clayton. Do you? No, I'm ready to wrap this bee up. Okay. <clears throat> check on the score. There's a second Monday night football. We're recording on Monday, so I got to check out the. Uh, we'll probably get to see the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole half left. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. All right. See you, dude. Well, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. I can't go. I can't do it. Welcome. Uh, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs>